0: We invite our children, kindergarten, first and second grade, to be dismissed for children's worship at this time. And as they depart, let those of us who remain bow together for prayer. God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. We're honored to be here on this particular day, to mark this milestone of this room. of of this people known as Highland Baptist Church. But all is vain, all is vain, buildings and worship rituals, unless your spirit comes and is among us. So come and form us, reform us, and transform us to be your body, your very presence in the world today. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This room we celebrate today, as with most church buildings, are called by several names. Some people refer to a room such as this as the auditorium. From the word auditory, it's a place where we hear. Hear the preacher, hear the reader. Hopefully we hear God. And for 100 years, people have had the sense that God was uniquely experienced in a room such as this. So... We are in an an auditorium. Don Burke, our former pastor, who really was sort of the St. Francis of Highland Baptist Church, he restored this church when it was at a a low point. Don refers to this space as a meeting house, where we meet God, where we meet each other. As the old Jewish tale says, the man coming to the temple says, my friend Goldstein comes to talk to God. Me? Me? I come to talk to Goldstein. You know, you come to talk either to God or to those around you. And friendships form, relationships, community. So, meeting house, I like that. Some people refer to this as the Lord's house, which always kind of creeped me out as a kid. It was always, I always had this fear that I was going to open some closet door and find God's secret bathroom, you know, with God's uh, towel with Yahweh, you know, etched in it. Some people call this the church. Maybe you do. Maybe you say, I'm going up to the church, which of course conflates people and place. I blame this on uh, whatever children's worker created that little finger poem that all of us know. Here's the church, and here's the steeple. Open the doors, and there's the people. If we could have just had a moment to have a conversation, we could have said, this isn't the church, it's just a steeple. Open the doors, the church is the people. That's who we are, but some of us use the word church to talk about this place. My favorite word is the word sanctuary. When people talk about sanctuary, they talk about a place of reprieve, of refuge, of of safety. It comes from the word sanctus, which means sacred. It's the room where we are formed toward that which is sacred and holy. That's what this place is about. That's the goal of this room. It's the reason people tore down the old church and built this new church 100 years ago, to lead people toward the sacred. Someone said once that, we form the room, and then the room forms us. It's like a, a cup holding water. The water takes the shape of the cup. And in the same way, our homes, our clubs, our sacred spaces form us. This is kind of a, a forming room. At its best, we come in here open and willing to be formed and reformed and even transformed into the people that God dreams us to be for this time and this place. We don't live in 1914, 1915. We live in 2015. The old hymnist said, new occasions teach new duties. Time makes ancient goods uncouth. It's a new day. And Highland doesn't look as it did in 1915, 1915. We miss some of the old ways. But thanks be to God for a church that is always being formed into the sacred. What makes a place or a people sacred? Do you say magic words? Are these magic stones, are these magic windows, do the music call to the gods somehow and make this place sacred? No, sacred is ordinary, flawed people like me and like you who gather to name and be present to the mystery of God. Richard Rohr says mystery is that endless understanding, endless understanding, that multilayered, pregnant with meaning kind of Openness to God. To learn and grow and be formed in ever new and changing ways. This room, to me, is sacred because it's about attending to that beautiful, endlessly understood, multi-layered, pregnant with mystery, understanding of God. To be clear, God is not more present here. Than elsewhere. God is present everywhere. But here, God is named and honored and revered. And we do so not just as individuals, but we do it together. Private devotions, personal uh, small chapels may be fine, but the reality is that church is not an individual sport, it's not a solo act. The sanctuary really speaks of community where holiness is found in togetherness. So we have pews where people sit hip to hip in order to hear and be the community of God forming together. And so this sacredness is a shared sacredness. Shared with those who are here today, certainly. Shared with the Flawed saints in the windows. They may have a window, but they weren't perfect people. They were people on a journey just like you. So shared with the people here, shared with the saints of old, and shared with the person or persons who over a 100 years have sat exactly where you're sitting. You know you're not the first person to sit where you sit, to feel what you feel, To wonder what you wonder. I take great comfort in that. This church has opened its doors to all people. And it has formed this ragtag group of all kinds of people. People who are unemployed, people who are lawyers or doctors, people who are city workers, people who are pure, people who are addicted, people who are black, people who are white, people who are gay, people who are straight, all kinds of people through the decades have come through these doors and sat where you now sit. And if you don't like that, you need to blame Jesus. He's the one who told the parable about how the owner invites people early in the morning, at noon, at 3 o'clock, even at 5 o'clock, and says, All are welcome. Come, bring your gifts, work, and God will reward you, give you what you need to live. Long-time folks sometimes object. Who are these new people? But as the owner says, Do you resent my generosity? A real sanctuary. It's one where no one owns or can even rent the pews. Make note of that. You don't own that pew, you don't even rent that pew. It's here for all people who are willing to be formed in love. And so look at the pew you're sitting on for just a moment. Look down at the pew. For a hundred years, people have come and gone, and they've left their mark on these pews. They are scarred. These pews are scarred because scarred people came and sat in them, and so the pews are filled with scars. Some of the scars are intentional. We have a staff member who, as a child, carved (coughs) her initials, CC, in one of the pews. (laughs) Some are intentional. Some aren't intentional. Most are unintended. Most scars are a result of what people carry in with them into this place, in their pockets, in their hands, in their hearts. We tried to clean up the pews when we did a renovation about a decade ago. It did very little good, and I'm glad. Because perfect pews imply perfect people, and we are not. We are not. But it's Jesus doing. He's the one who invites us in here. David Breckenridge, one of the former ministers who wrote us recently, reflecting on 100 years in this sacred space, Tells the story of bringing a friend in to see the windows here at Highland. He brought him in through the front doors. And as the friend came in, he admired and looked at the Baptists, the the history of the church, the women of the Bible, the saints, the the prophets, the, the disciples. He said, these are so beautiful, but where's Jesus? He said, oh, turn around. He gets the big one. And I want you to turn around. Just look behind you, those of you who are able... And look at Jesus for just a moment. He's enthroned, but he is scarred. See his hands? See the red? The marks of the nails in his hands and in his feet? In English, the word scarred and the word sacred are very close, aren't they? Scarred, scared. Sacred. It's just a change of one little letter. The scars, the ones on the pews, the ones you bring, the ones on Jesus, they unite us. In fact, some would say, really, it's your wounds, your scars, that are the openings for God to come into your life. Richard Rohr says, never waste your pain. Never waste your pain. It can be the conduit, the entry point for God to come in and form you, change you to be who God is dreaming you and me to be. My favorite part of this sanctuary, I'm honored to stand at this sacred desk every week where wonderful preachers have preached before. But what I love most is that Those who built this sacred space took a chisel and carved into stone our charge as we leave this place. For were you to walk out those doors every Sunday, you would see these words. Turn and say them with me, please. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. It's a wonderful reminder. We don't live here. We don't worship this place, but we come into this space and we sing the songs of faith and we see the oneness of God in each other and in all of creation and we are sent forth to be doers of the word. What is the word? Is the word the Bible? That's part of it, yes. Is the word the Jesus of history? Yes. Is the word the Christ Of all of creation? Absolutely. But the word, more than anything, is the energy of God. Always wanting to become flesh again. This energy which creates all, that is in all, and through all, and for all. This word is not a preacher's word. This word is a word which whispers for those who have the ears to hear. Life is sacred. Love is the only hope. God is not done. And you are called. You're called to be doers of the word. And not hearers, only to make it flesh again. And so in this forming room, formed in and by the word for 100 years, we always leave this sanctuary and return as scarred but sacred people into a world that needs to see the word made flesh again. In the name of this word. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. We do give thanks for this sacred space. But were it to be gone tomorrow, O God, your word would continue its beautiful, relentless refrain of hope, faith, Love. Form us. Form us, we pray. And give us that great grace to live with the joy that you desire for all of your children. To you be glory and honor, now and forever. Amen. Amen.